Generation Z and even millennials are looking at the process of having children, when to have them, how many to have, uh, with with a different perspective than previous generations. And that's going to be our topic today on Life Talks. My name is Dan. I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship. Ben, this is kind of a sensitive topic because I've kind of been a firm believer in the, uh, when it comes to how many kids somebody has or when they're going to have kids, it's a, kind of, well, that's none of my dang business. Uh, you know? <laughs> True. But, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, it's I've, a very I've, private thing. Well, I've always hated, you know, people that, you know, somebody has a fourth. And this happened when we got our fourth kid that was like well don't you think that's enough well oh i know you know that, that sorry you don't get a vote on that yeah at, at the same time the, there's a cultural movement um the anti-kids anti-childbirth yeah. uh, mm-hmm. movement uh some approach it like it's it's uh not good for the environment mm-hmm. and and climate change and all that um but others um you, you know there. One thing we know for sure, the statistics tell us that people are waiting a lot longer to get married and then to have children than they have in any other generation. Yes. So let's talk about that a little bit today. Yeah, and, and this was a question, you know, we're doing a series on on legacy planning, and, and we've talked a lot about parenting, and we're gonna, the next few episodes are going to focus more on marriage issues. And this is one of those marriage issues that uh, we don't really talk about. You don't hear it from the pulpit you know, preached on much, but the reality is there is a cultural shift that's happening. Uh, 50 years ago, the average age of a female having their first child was 21 years old. Mm -hmm. Now it is over 26 years old. Mm. Um, with the mean of, of women having their first child being 30 years old. So it, it is dramatically shifting and, uh, the, the birth rate is going down and there's all these factors that are going into this. And again, we could, uh, I just wrote down a few of them, but I think the biggest thing, really what shifted everything was the sexual revolution and the advent of the pill. Yes. I think that changed. If, if you're going to point back to a, uh, the, the origin of a lot of these things, yeah. well, it, it goes back to those two, those two events. Yeah. And, and there are sub parts to that. I also believe that, um, the, the idea that, that sex is not reserved for marriage mm-hmm. like it used to be. Right. Um, <clears throat> and also then the rise of materialism yes. in that we don't feel like we should have children until, you know, our student debt is paid off is one I often hear, right. or this happens. We own a house right. so we can afford to. Yeah. Uh, well, anybody who has kids understood you're never financially prepared to have kids. <laughs> and then it's also limiting the number of children we have yes. because it's like, well, I don't want to have more than two mm. uh, because it's bad for the environment or because it costs too much. Right. And, and so the size of families has shrunk dramatically right. over the last hundred years as yeah. well. Yeah. There, it's really interesting that what is – this is the reason I, I bring this up is because I think it's interesting how the thinking of most Christians today is no different than the thinking of people who are not Christians when it comes to this issue, yes. right? And I think it's important for us to think biblically about everything. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we do this podcast is to help people think biblically and act biblically. Um, and when I see the same mindset that even young people have that's very mirrors the culture that the cultural norms that people are are growing up in, we aren't really allowing the word of God to shape our thinking and to, you know, challenge us to say, hey, maybe that's not the way we should live our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned the environment, right? The whole idea of 
I, I don't want to have kids because it's bad for the environment. Well, the whole premise of the environmental uh, catastrophe, you know, the, the the green movement is built on a lie. And I'm not saying that there aren't there aren't uh, environmental factors that are reality, right? I mean, I do think that there's there is a level of science that shows that climate can change. I just don't think it's a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. I, I will never say that because we know the Bible is very clear on how the world ends. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about a climate catastrophe because God is the one who's going to bring down the judgment in the end on on the world. Um, but I, I and it doesn't that doesn't mean that I don't care about the environment that we shouldn't take care of the environment. But all I'm saying is the factors of environmentalism have creeped into people's thinking and all of a sudden having children is bad for the environment and could be farther from the truth. Yeah. And and to to the most radical ones, being a human is bad for right, the environment. Exactly, right, exactly. Exactly. I mean, there there is a movement rising out of the radical uh, climate folks that, that basically says we need to self-annihilate. Yeah. And 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 I again, I'm not the Jordan, depopulation. Here, here Jordan Peterson says and again, I'm not I like Jordan Peter, Peterson for some things, but he says good, they should start with themselves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. People that want to, you know, shut down everything like good. If you believe that so strongly, you be the ones yeah, that shut down. These, all right, so I don't want to get an offering on that, but that is a that is an issue. The other issue is um you mentioned the materialism that there's this idea of I want to have it all. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to travel Europe and I want to be able to, you know, experience life before kids weigh me down. And so there's this materialistic experiential uh elevation and and it's this idea that hey, listen, I can have all the fun I want and when I'm when I'm done, you know, when I'm on time to adult, you know, mm-hmm. that adulting phrase, mm-hmm. then I'll have kids. And um I think I've shared this illustration with you, but have you ever seen the movie La La Land? No. <laughs> La- Brent, you've seen La La Land. I don't La La do Land. musicals. No, okay. no, but it is, it is a really good movie. And it's not because I love the singing and dancing. I'm like, whatever, right? But the message of La La Land is really the message that I think millennials and Gen Z need to hear and need to pay attention to. And the reason why that the message of La La Land is so important is because it bursts the bubble that you can have it all. You have these two people that are they they they're constantly you know they're not able to align with each other in their their romance and there's times that he disappoints her and she disappoints him, but you want them to work it out. But what ends up happening is they both pursue their careers in life for themselves, hmm. and at the end, the final scene of that of that movie shows what it could have been if they were willing to submit to a, an idea of hey I'm going to do what's best for you or let's let's put let's put each other first and let's put family first hmm. and instead they put their careers first and at the end of the movie you're left with this picture of they both got what they wanted with their careers and the person who's watching the movie is saying no but it could have been better hmm. and that to me is the essence of the writer of that film was brilliant because what he brought was this, this problem or this lie that people believe is, I can have it all. I can have the career and I can have the fun and I can have all these things and I can have the family. Well, you might not. You have to pick and choose the values of what is important to you. And so um, – And ultimately, that's exactly what they do though. And that's where we have to examine our own hearts because ultimately our choices do reflect what we value. Yes. And, and 
when you view children as an inconvenience or expendable or as an expense, you give rise to everything from abortion to delayed parenting yes. to uh, to smaller families, all yeah. those things, because you value other, you value your freedom, you 100%. value your financial independence, you value the ability to, you know, to, to travel. You or, value or, your career. Yeah. I mean, so there's all these things that they're, they're, what they're saying with all of these things, all these factors that are making people have kids, less kids and kids later in life are all of these forces of nature that are saying there are certain things that are more important than children. Yeah. My sexual freedom, money, uh, you know, my career, my education. And again, I'm not one of these people that's that's saying that a woman, you know, should be barefoot and pregnant in the home. Like right. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is there there is a cost to choosing certain values in life. And if you choose to say, I'm gonna have a great career, it's gonna it's going to impact other values that people have had for millennia. And I think you've got to be honest with yourself about that. Yeah. And there is a societal cost also that, that people do not seem to be aware of that we're going to, we're going to be seen in this country as birth rates have continued to drop. Yeah. We're seeing it in Europe already. Yeah. Um, the, the, the natural born Germans and, and, and so forth are going to be in the minority within yes. like the next 30 years. Yes. Um, we know that J Japan is depopulating because of a declining birth rate. Yeah. It has economic consequences because most countries, are dependent upon a younger generation to fill the jobs, to pay the taxes, and the social to take care support, for the older. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it, and it, the only thing that's saving America right now from not going into a negative birth rate- Wide open borders. It's, it's the immigration, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and so- Interestingly, the less educated you are- The more and, children you have. And, and minorities have more children around yes. the world. Yes. Which also, in when, when you look at the consequences of growing up in poverty and all those kind of things- becomes a destabilizing factor in parts of the world that is not politically correct to talk about, but it is a reality that must be dealt with. Yes. I think there's two other factors I want to talk about, and then we, I'd like just to talk about how do we shift to those biblical values. But when you think about the two other factors that are affecting birth rate, people having kids later and less kids, um, you think I think of the consequences of the sexual revolution, one of them being the rise of, of STIs or STDs, whatever you mm -hmm. want to call them. And the reality is people that have multiple partners, are very promiscuous sexually. Um, there are scores of, of STIs now, and many of them will affect a woman's ability or a man's ability to procreate. Mm -hmm. And you, that's just the reality. You've got people who are now living with the consequences of the quote-unquote sexual freedom that they've mm -hmm. always wanted. And so, uh, again, it's this lie that, hey, you can have it all. You can have, as, you can, you can have the sexual freedom with no consequences. And we're seeing some people that are by the time they're saying, oh, I, I've matured and I want to settle down, I want to get married and have children, what they've realized is that the previous 15 years of their life have, have now led to the consequences of they're not able to have children. Mm -hmm. So that's a reality. And the last one, and I'm, I know this is not politically correct, but I don't really care, is the, is the rise of the LGBTQ movement. And the mm -hmm. reality is um, it's just a matter of science mm -hmm. that people who live that lifestyle cannot naturally procreate. It's, mm -hmm. it's not possible. Uh, it's especially with the rise of the transgender mo movement, which is sterilizing mm -hmm. and, and mutilating um, young people's reproductive organs. It is a, it is a massive, massive, uh, you know, it's a massive problem. 10, 15 years, all these kids who are going through these surgeries now, um, who are being lied to, who are going down this ideology, are going to wake up one day and say, I want to have kids, and they can't. Yeah. And so- and There's going to be a huge backlash. I think there's going to be lawsuits in the future over that. I hope there yeah. are, but it, yeah. what's sad is that 
there's no one stopping it now. Yeah, and the people that need to be held accountable, mostly the politicians and the educators, won't be held yeah. accountable for it. Um, and, and and it's tragic because you know six year olds used to want to be Batman and and cowboys and cops and yeah. and so forth. And 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 today, the first time a kid puts on a tutu or wears you know a cowboy outfit, they assume that they're trying to express a, a gender right, preference. Right. It's, it's it's insane. There are two areas that I think also have an impact. I just want to kind of throw out there. The first one is this. We are suffering in our culture, I believe, from a delayed onset of adulthood. Yeah. Um. You, you know, it used to be adolescence ended at high school mm-hmm. and then you were expected to grow up. The, yeah. Join the military, yep. go to college, yep. get married. Um, Choose get a, a career. Yeah. Those were those expectations. Today, that's not happening until nearly 30 years of age for way too many people. Yeah. So that's a factor in that, you know, during the years of, of your best health, uh, your clearest thinking, of your willingness to even take risks and attempt great things, when you have high energy and you're physically fit, uh, you know, you got, you got people who are uh, becoming deeper in debt. They're getting drunk and high and promiscuous and, and uh, they're living in their parents' basement playing video games, but they're not adulting. And I hate yeah. that term, but that, that's <laughs> not that. Here's the other one that I think is really, really tragic is we've got generations now of young people growing up who never know their grandparents. Because when one generation has children in their 40s and the next generation waits until they're 40, the grandparents of the first generation are already gone. They're gone, yeah. And there is much, you know, we've been talking about legacy and legacy is generational. Yeah. And, and, And so we disconnect from the stories, the heritage, the experiences, the wisdom, the, the, the care, the love, because yes. grandparents have a different role in the life oh, of their ch- yes. grandchildren than parents do their children. And both are important. Yeah. I mean, and, and we see it throughout the scripture. So I think this is a particularly tragic consequence that few, very few people are really giving knowledge. Of. My mom was 19 when she had me hmm. and her mom was, she was a second born. I was first born. Uh, but, uh. I think her mom was like 22 when she had her. Yeah. And I, I knew my mother, my grandmother, and my great-grandmother. I did too. I knew seven yeah. of my eight great-grandparents, or I'm sorry, five of my eight great-grandparents, and all four of my grandparents. And wow. and, I, I, and I not just knew them, I you know, I remember conversations with all yes. of them and stories they told. Yes. But today, that is growing increasingly rare. Yeah. And I think it's a tragic loss. I, I, I 100% agree with you. And I think there's... There's something about that identity with family that will will be lost. Like when Jaden was born, um, I had a five-generation picture taken mm. with me. He was a little baby, mm-hmm. but it was me and then my dad, my grandfather, and my great-grandmother. And it was really cool to have that. And I'm just thinking, how rare is that now? Oh, yeah. It, I mean, you're not going to be able – most people won't be – let alone – you know, grandparents, don't, they won't know their grandparents. They're not going to even have any idea of their great-grandparents or great-grandparents. I mean, so to me, there is something about the reality of family that will be lost with this. And I think the one more thing before we get to some practical uh, applications, the Generation Z, and I haven't, se- I haven't heard this from millennials, but I've heard this more from Gen Z. They are scared to bring kids into this world. Oh, absolutely. No question. And we've talked about that a little mm-hmm. bit, but the reality is they look at the evil, they look at the darkness of the world, the, the, the financial uh, insecurity, the terrorism, and they say, why would I want to bring a kid in here? Mm-hmm. Their, 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 their number one reason for not having kids is that. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, whereas millennials is, I want to have a career, I want to, you know, I want to experience life, I want to have money. 
Gen Zs are like, I'm scared to bring a kid into this mm-hmm. world. And so I think those are things that are, we've got all of these outward forces. And the reality is, Dan, God wants us to have kids. I believe, you go back to the Genesis, the very first chapter, what he gives the commission to humanity, be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. That means have kids. Yeah. Have lots of kids. You should have enough kids that by which you're, there's more of more of your kids than mom and dad, yeah. right? Um, and again, please don't hear. We understand the issues of infertility. We don't want anyone to feel bad about this, but I do believe what what we're attacking and what we are addressing is a mindset that is more like the world than the Word of God. Yeah. So, in the remaining minutes we have, what are some things that you would encourage some young young couples? newly married couples, even young people, singles who are not yet married, who have this choice. I mean, you and I, the ship has sailed, right? Mm-hmm. We're not having kids. We're not having more kids. Um, what what wisdom and advice do you think we, we should be able to share with them? Well, I, I think to start off with is don't let finances play a huge factor in it. Yeah. Um, your kids are not going to starve to death, but your kids do not need a $500 bassinet. <laughs> they, 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 they do not, they do not need, you, you know, a video monitoring system that, you know, notifies you every time they pass gas during the night. It's just not That's necessary. So good. The, the, the reality is I'm, I'm literally, and again, I, I realize I'm the old dude, but it doesn't seem that way in my head. But I, I remember a mom who on her fourth or fifth, maybe her sixth child. She ended up with seven, but she literally, they had had some tough times. She let her baby sleep in a box next to her bed. Mm. And, and she, you know, she put blankets in it and so forth, but it was convenient for her. Mm -hmm. They had no more rooms and they couldn't afford a a bassinet, Mm -hmm. you know, and you know, you know what happened to that baby? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) She's a fine young lady today. I know her. She's yeah. perfect. And she probably didn't even know she was ever in a yeah. box. I know she was in a box. I'm not saying that. I also know of another parent who put their baby in a drawer. Now, they didn't close the drawer, but they had it open <laughs> because it was the perfect size. It felt safe and secure yeah. to the baby, yeah. and it was close to where they lived. Yeah. You know, so we— I think the point you're making is— don't think a lot of things that we buy and do are to impress the social media oh, crowd. Yeah. Look at look at my nursery. Yeah. Look at all these things that we're doing, Absolutely. and it's like yeah. that's not what it means to be yeah. a parent. Your kid does not care if they wear hand me downs. It doesn't cost. It, it, just, it does not, not cost as deal. much to have kids as what we're saying. Exactly, and yeah. it, it always put out these things that if you have a child today, it will cost you three million dollars to raise them. <laughs> Baloney! I made three million dollars cumulative in my entire life, and I had four kids. Oh, so, that's and so you know, you don't funny. have to save up to send your kids to. Harvard either. There's right. plenty of alternatives 100%. if they need to go to college at all. 100%. So don't buy into what the world says. You have to provide for your kids in order to be a good parent. Yeah. I would just say this. You have to think that, that there has to be a, a fundamental shift in your thinking that children are a blessing, not a burden. Mm-hmm. And the Bible teaches that. Read Psalm 127. Um, just the whole nature of the Bible. You always see these this value or this, this joy that having children is. And it's not something that's like, oh man. I mean, you and I, we have fun. We've complained about being some of the issues of parenthood. Oh, there's plenty of things to complain about. But you and I would both say the joys far outweigh the the sorrow. And I think that that's what you have to remember. Nothing in life is perfect. Nothing in life will always go well. Kids are the same way. But we do know this. When you have a child, Dan, this is one of the most important things that I think it's important to have children is... 
it will expose to you two things simultaneously the moment you have children. Number one, it will expose how selfish you are mm-hmm. as, a, as a human being mm-hmm. when you have a child. And number two, you will begin to understand the fatherly love that God has for his children. And to me, that is something that every human being should get a glimpse of. We we love our children imperfectly. He loves his children perfectly. And so, but when you understand the depths of your love that you, that you have for this child, it's when you correlate that to the way God loves you, you're like, man, God must really love me. And it changes the way you see God and understand God in a way. So, I mean, I think all of those are things that we need to be aware of. There's a mindset shift. There's a value shift. And do not allow the world or the culture or your parents or whatever to dictate to you when to have kids. Let the word of God. And I just want to add this final thing before we close too. Life, your child's life began at conception. Mm. The moment the sperm met the egg, life is formed. And it is wrong to end that life simply because it's an inconvenient time. That's right. It's wrong, 100%. by the way, to use birth control methods that prevent that life from growing once it has mm. been conceived, which is what IUDs do mm. and also what some forms of the pills do. They mm. force a menstrual cycle, and in doing so, if a, if a child has been conceived, it gets flushed out during the menstrual cycle. We need to be very wise about the kinds of—I'm not— you know, I'm not Catholic and I'm not a person that believes all birth control is forbidden by Scripture. I do believe we have a responsibility. Yeah, if, if we believe that a fertilized egg is a human being, yes, and, then and, and, yeah. th- that's true all the way through. Yeah. And here's the other tragic thing, because it is a biological fact that you um, are more likely to produce a child with birth defects the older you are when you conceive that child. You know, there used to be a lot of Down syndrome children around. There used to be kids that weren't perfect in Mm -hmm. school classrooms. And one of the reasons that is no longer the case is because people abort Mm. kids that have any sign or signal that that there's a defect in them. so sad. Again, it's just wrong. It's a disrespect for life. And all life is beautiful in the eyes of God. And and, and we we need to be very, very conscious of those biblical principles as we consider our families. Yeah. I'm the one who's supposed to yeah, close this. Yeah, I know. You I, did. I, yeah, well, we, anyway. I mean, I could. I, you want me to take it from here? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As always, we appreciate the fact that you do join us on Life Talks. Some of our topics are heavy. This was one of them, but I hope you'll per- give prayerful consideration. If you ever have any questions or something that you'd like to see us address, write us, if you would, at lifetalks at lifecharlotte.com. But as always, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time here at Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.